be more self-aware in knowing yourself and what you're capable of and what your own boundaries are to propel in life. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. I am your host, Dr. Weta L. Brown. I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect. How obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, episode 73. Today, I have a special friend who is a runner, a triathlete, and she's also my soror. She began her running journey in high school. She did hurdles. She ran the 400. She also played basketball. She got into fitness as far as bodybuilding in high school and later did competitions. She started running endurance or distance running in 2012 when she joined Black Girls Run. And she quickly progressed to her first marathon in 2012 as well. She has completed seven marathons, several half marathons, 10Ks, 5Ks, two ultra marathons. She started her multi-sport journey in 2015 and has completed several sprints, Olympics, and two 70 points three triathlons. She's a fellow HBCU graduate, graduating from Tuskegee University with a uh, bachelor's of science in marketing. Again, she's also my soror, a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. She has an MBA and worked for over 20 years in the mortgage industry. She changed careers and has served 12 years in higher education, currently in the role as an academic advisor. She's also a podcast host. She's the co-host of Soul Sisters on the Run. This podcast is based on live conversations that she's had while running. The ultimate goal is to encourage, uplift, inspire, and bring awareness to issues that many face and promote the benefits of a healthy lifestyle. Please welcome Sabrina Slocum to the show. Well, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It's good to see y'all. I uh, miss seeing you in Chicago. <laughs> I know, right? And then we had the pandemic. So what? It's been a couple of years since we saw each other. I know. So how did you get started running? Honestly, well, I ran in high school, but I was more of a sprinter. I was a hurdler, actually. Okay. Like a 400. So I was a 400 runner, 400 hurdler. And I always wanted to do cross country because I just, in my mind, I was like, I know I can do that. But I was in the band and, you know, football season, cross country season always conflicted. So I never had a chance to do it. And then I would just run, you know, once I became an adult, run trying to lose weight, you know, or maintain. And then when I moved to Chicago, I found Black Girls Run. And then I started running with them. And then that introduced me to the whole half marathon, marathon, ultra tries and all that that world because I had you know I had no desire and really wasn't even interested I would do you know a 5k and thought I had did something Mm -hmm. so but yeah Black Girls Run pretty much introduced me to endurance running or distance running how did you find Black Girls Run I think I saw something and I'm trying to think was it on the news or something they were featured something or in a magazine or something and I was like oh 
wow, there's black women that actually like run and do, you know, long distance running. And then I ended up Googling them. And then I found the main page on Facebook. And then I found the Chicago group, mm-hmm. reached out, found out where they run. And I started running with them. And then that year, or the, I think that was maybe fall. So spring of that next year, I ran my first marathon. So how did you progress from... Let's say, well, running 5Ks to a marathon in a year. Like, because most people take a few years to get to that. Right. The thing is, you know, I volunteered at my first, the Chicago Marathon, first time volunteering. And I was like, you know, I'm not going to run a marathon. I'm, we just, I'm going to pass out some water and be okay with that. And so I was running. I mean, I was volunteering with Black Girls Run. And I think that's like mile 16. And I saw this older white guy and a young white woman running together. And the lady, the woman with them had a sign that said, today is my grandfather's 81st birthday. So what's your excuse? And I was like, okay, well, heck, if he could do it, so can I. And so I just, I made it my mind that, okay, the next marathon, I'm doing this next year. Started finding out about training plans and a couple of other ladies were running too. So, you know, just joined in with them on training runs. and. And honestly, the first one, I only got up to 16 miles. So that was like the farthest distance I had ran and figured, well, I'm going to wing it <laughs> from the rest of the rest of the miles. I'll just wing it. And um, then I was hooked after that. And I was like, okay, this was great. So, so, so yeah. What was the hardest part about training for that first marathon? Just the times, time consuming, and just trying to get it in. I was always, for the most part, I always had somebody to run with, so that was pretty cool, but I do remember having one run. I did a solo run by myself because no one was available, um, and they weren't doing that distance. And I didn't prepare. I didn't bring anything with me, any hydration, and it was hot, and I struggled. Oh, I struggled. And luckily, by the time I was on Old Plank Trail, and, you know, I finished at the uh, parking lot, and then I went right to the gas, to the little pet boys over there, and I was like, I, surely they have some water in here. <laughs> And I can buy some water. So I bought like two bottles of water. But yeah, that was just what probably the hardest training I had because I just I wasn't prepared and didn't think to bring anything, any hydration with me. And then I ran way too late in the day and it was hot. Yeah. So now I've learned. I know better. Those are all the things you learn, you know, as you do go through and experience it on the journey and now I really listen to other people's journey and try and learn from other people's mistakes so I don't make those mistakes. And you say when you were younger, you participated in other sports, track. I did track, basketball. Yeah, I think that was it in high school. Okay. And you also competed in bodybuilding competitions at one time. What got you into that? Oh, yeah. That was, um. I forgot all about that. Well, in high school, my, it was my senior year and me and my girlfriend, we were like, oh, we're just going to take something easy, get an easy A. So she was like, let's take this weightlifting class. How hard can that be? And I was like, okay. So we would just, you know, we would just sit there on the bench press Mm -hmm. talking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And the coach was like, oh, no, 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 ladies, you all have to work. And we were like, we just really wanted to grade. We weren't really trying to do anything. He's like, no. And so we started lifting. He had us lifting. And my girlfriend, she was like, "Uh uh-uh, I don't like this. So she dropped the class. And I was like, okay, I kind of like this to it. And then, you know. 
I just started kind of lifting and then maxing out. And he was like, okay, you have some strength. You know, we have a weightlifting team. I was like, mm. I had no <laughs> idea. I'm trying to eat a great no. <laughs> right. I was like, I graduated. This is my senior year. I had no idea we had a weightlifting team. So he started telling me about the competitions. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. That year I did weightlifting and I placed several times. And I was like, okay. And then that introduced me to learning about the body as far as and what the body looks like when you incorporate weights. Cause like I said, I did track and basketball, but you know, we, we did some strength training, but not a lot, but that exposed me to the bodies. And I started seeing women's bodies and I was like, okay, I like that look. I like that strong look. And then, so that was always something in the back of my mind, years gone by college. I was what 30 mm-hmm. and I ended up, uh, becoming a personal trainer okay. and working in the gym and uh one of the other trainers he was just like you know you just have a natural you know body you have a lot of uh, muscle mm-hmm. natural muscle in your body you should think about bodybuilding and I was like you know I had always thought about that ever since high school he was like I'll train you know I'll train you for free you'll be like my project I was like okay, okay. <laughs> and um yeah. And then it was a couple of other ladies. They joined in a couple of the trainers that worked at the gym. So we all kind of did it together and I did it for about two years. And I was like, okay, I kind of like this, but the diet thing, I just, how was the diet? I've heard good and bad things about friends and some podcast guests who have done it and some like they didn't eat enough. And then one, one of my friends had to be admitted to the hospital because she had some issues with, with the nutrition and I don't, it was an issue with her lungs. It was, and it was stemming around that she wasn't getting enough nutrients and was just overtraining and just threw her whole body out of way so and then i had some friends who had issues with like self-esteem because they felt like they nitpicking everything when you eat and it affected her self-esteem because it's like you know they tell you what's wrong and it really bothered her so she had to get out of right oh wow i guess to a certain extent it affected my self-esteem because i knew i'm going to be on a stage in a two-piece bikini so any flaw will show so that was like my motivation to stick to the diet but i mean i ate the diet i had my training had me on i was eating every two hours a meal early on i would do chicken breast potato and broccoli and two gallons of water but i would eat that every two hours starting from like 6 a.m to 9 a.m oh okay okay well maybe she wasn't eating right (laughs) (laughs) yeah she might not have been eating right because i mean you need you need fuel to build muscle and there's different categories. I did bodybuilding. And now some women are doing like fitness, which is different. That's that sleek, mm-hmm. sleeker, leaner yeah. look. So I had to actually put on 20 pounds of muscle oh, okay. first and then shred all my the body fat so that you can see the muscle. So that's a little different than like, I know a lot of people now do the fitness look or I forget what the categories. But yeah, so I end up doing that. But like for me, the... It was boring. The eating was boring. I couldn't put seasoning. Oh, really? You couldn't put no salt or nothing? Mm-mm. Because that sodium. This Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing. Nothing. So you eat meat without any seasoning and baked, it's a plain baked potato. Plain baked potato. I would grill it. I would have it grilled. And that gave it the flavor. And since it was several of us doing it, it was because it was some guys too. A couple of the ladies at the gym. And this was... During a time when, um, I forget what was going on, but a lot of people had lost their jobs. So it was two ladies at the gym that were unemployed. So they agreed to cook our food for us. Yeah, so I didn't have to worry about that. But yeah, no seasoning. And 
I like to eat and I like food and I like variety. So I was like, mm, I said, maybe when I turn 50, I'll do it again. But mm. considering I'll be 53 now, <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of came and went. <laughs> so as far as your run, what made you progress? I know you've done, you did one marathon. I know some people do a marathon and they one and done and go back to doing whatever. And then some people progress to other stuff, which includes you. So how did you progress? <laughs> Yeah, I've done, well, I've done seven marathons. I said I'd probably get to 10 and then reevaluate if I'm going to continue. But I, I said I'm going to get to 10. But yeah, I just, I enjoyed it. And then the, my first one was the Illinois Marathon, which was down there by um, Champaign. So it was cool. But then the next one I did was Chicago Marathon. And this was before it became a lottery. So, you know, you pay your money and you get in. And that was like the best experience. I was like, oh my God this is so cool you know Chicago is just the support was great so I kind of fell in love with that and then that peer pressure being part of black Chicago runners and black girls run that peer pressure something else they're like well we're gonna do this race and we're gonna do that race we're doing it. I'm like okay yeah, come on we need to come to you right <laughs> so then they was like it's gonna be a Chicago takeover we're going to New Orleans we're going to Little Rock so that kind of motivate me to do like other marathons in other cities just to have fun and to really I was like it's a party you know I want to have fun first and then okay yeah I got to take this race serious but yeah yeah (laughs) I just want to have fun so yeah and then with the ultras I think somebody mentioned it I think I saw someone do post about it and I was like oh that's kind of cool I think let me try that and honestly I kind of like that almost more than a marathon you liked it because I want to do one but I don't even want to do one with little multiple loops because I did that Chicago Lakefront that was boring I like the trail ultras it's not as hard on your body Mm -hmm. with the pounding because you're on like dirt and gravel and stuff and they feed you i mean they feed you like real food (laughs) not no jails and no little fruit (laughs) you know i told you i like food i have a thing for food so i did that one there's one i forget what it's called in in indiana in december and they had like they had broth because it's december so the weather was horrible, but they had like broth at like one stop. They had little peanut butter jelly sandwiches, like the sandwich, you know, cut up. They had chips, cookies, M&Ms, and soda or pop, whatever. But it was, they made it where, they had it where it's flat, mm-hmm. which is, you know, good because you're getting the caffeine and the sugar. And then it was two loops, two, because it was a 31 point whatever mile. So it was two loops and you could change your clothes at you know, once you finish the first loop, and they had chili, and then they had bacon. They had all kinds of stuff. They had little sliders, grilled cheese. <laughs> yeah, because you know, with the grilled cheese, you're getting your sodium and carbs mm-hmm. and some protein. So I'm like, okay, I could do this. <laughs> you know, forget the goo, forget the gel, mm-hmm. give me food. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I actually like them because you get to eat food. So how many have you done? I've done two and I said I wanted to get back into them, but I got to get back into the marathon thing first because I haven't done a marathon in like three years. So I'm doing my first one, September, Berlin. Oh, you on Berlin? I like that race too. That's my second favorite race. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm excited. I was supposed to do it in 2020 and you know, COVID. it got canceled yeah. and then, <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I wasn't ready last year because I wasn't training. You know, so I said, okay, well, I'm going to do it this year. So let me go on it. So uh, I'm excited. But yeah, so that kind of 
got me into the ultras. And then I remember a couple of ladies were like, well, we're going to do a triathlon. And they started training, but I was still in marathon mode. And so I saw a picture um, with some pictures of them doing the triathlon relay. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I'll do that next year. And it, it was in Indiana somewhere. Was it Muncie? No, no, it was a small, very small one. I, I don't even know. Did I get a medal? <laughs> I don't even know if I got a medal. I think it was just a shirt. But um, so I said I was going to do it next year, but I wanted to do the whole thing. I was going to do the relay. So I signed up for it. And no one signed up for it that year. No. So you were solo? So, yeah. And I was like, what the heck? Where's everybody? <laughs> I did it because they looked like they were having fun. And I'm like, so I did it. And then I was like, okay, I kind of like this. I'm like, because now I get to break up the running. So, and then, you know, I just started. And that was like a super sprint or whatever. And then, yeah, then I did Chicago try and I was like, okay, I like this. Plus, you know, Chicago try is just fun because people come in from the pre-race party. You know, I'm all about parties, the food and the party, mm-hmm. right? That's, so <laughs> I was like, okay, I like these. I, I, could, I could do these, you know? So, so yeah, so that just kind of got me into that, into the triathlon thing. So what was the most challenging part of the triathlons? Were you a swimmer well, no, probably the swimming. That's my weakest discipline because I'm not. And then the funny thing for the first one, because I did the Esprit de Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, I, I did that one in Indiana, then Esprit de Chi. But I had already registered before I really learned how to swim. Mm-hmm. So I registered for it. It was in June. The race was in June. And I started swim lessons January. And I told the lady, I was like, I signed up for a triathlon. Well, I know how to swim by June because I already paid my money. <laughs> she was like, well, I think you'll be okay. So, and I, you know, I knew how to like doggy paddle. And I would go into the pool where, you know, as a kid, and I'm like, as long as I could get to the wall, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. So I would make my way to the wall. So she's like, well, you know enough. So it shouldn't be that hard. So she taught me the basics. And then I was like, okay. As long as I can, um, and then you know, once I discovered that wetsuit, I was like, oh, okay, I can actually float. Yeah, that's so okay. yeah, the swim is the hardest for me because I'm a slow swimmer. So your first triathlon was open water swim. Mm-hmm. I did a couple yeah. indoor, and then remember the guy was like, you, it was you know shallow pool. You like you know you can walk. I'm like I'm trying to swim, and like I'm gonna win the race anyway. <laughs> I'm just like, like, let me swim. I know I'm slow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> All right, that lifetime, I did that too. And I was like, well, I'm trying to improve. I'm trying to get better as a swimmer. And I saw people just walking and jogging in the water. I was like, well, that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to really learn how to swim while I'm doing this this race. So, yeah. So what is on your bucket list as far as running in triathlons? My bucket list is a full Ironman. Mm-hmm. And I kind of made a decision to do one next year. Mm-hmm. Which one? I think I'm gonna do Maryland. Okay. The jellyfish. It, just to let you. I don't know if you have. Yeah. But yeah. But you might be fine. I mean, last, I think it was last year or the year before. Like, it, was, it was a lot. But other than that, I hadn't heard anything. But it was a lot that year from people I know who did it. Before that, I don't think it was that bad. But who knows? But they even, like, I think the temperature was a little warm, but they let people wear wetsuits so they'd be covered up. Yeah, because I've never done the salt water. We'll see. I was just talking to, you know, Alex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, of course. I was just talking to him actually earlier today because I was like, let me reach out to him. I'm reaching out to people. So I'm like, get some tips. So he was talking to me and, you know, just giving me some tips and stuff. And he's done that one, of course. So he was like, no, it's actually the bike is pretty flat. And I was like, oh, we'll just 
great to hear, but she's, he said the water would be kind of choppy. So, but that's my bucket list. I don't know. We're going we gonna to see. I want to do we it. We can do it. We can do it. I know. I mean, I know a lot of, it's a lot of triathletes in that area. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he said too. So, and uh, I know, you know, Yvonne. Yeah. Hannah Montana. Because yeah. I end up running into her doing a bike ride. And I was like, I had no idea she lived here. I, I just assumed she lived somewhere down south because she was, she's always running. She travels a lot, but I think that, I don't know how long she's been up there. She was in Kentucky, I think. She was stationed there before D.C. But a, area, but I think she's been there for at least before COVID. Okay, yeah. So I'm saying I'm going to reach out to her. But, so yeah. So that's, yeah, that's my main bucket list. And then, of course, New York Marathon. I'm like, I can't retire in marathons until I get in New York. In New York, they won't let me be great. This is the fourth year I've been denied. I did it for charity. I did it for American Cancer Society when I did it. And I did it in 17. I do want to do all six majors and then I might not run a marathon ever outside of a triathlon, but I don't know. Because I need to go to Boston, either I to fundraise or get a lot faster. Um, right. <laughs> um, I need to do Tokyo and London. Yeah, so, but New York is my bucket list. And then if I could get that, then I'll do, try London. I didn't get in this year. I'll, I'll try Tokyo too. I'll keep trying them. We're going to see about Boston. I don't know how that's going to work. I'll be 74 before I reach the time that's, you know. Yeah, no. That I can do. And then I probably won't be able to even do that time at the age of 74. <laughs> so we'll see about that. <laughs> so, but New York. My bucket list, a full Iron Man, and then um, any more ultras? I have to. Well, I have to see what's in this area. I don't know. I haven't really looked into the whole ultra thing yet here, so I have to find one. But I'm sure they have. Talk to Vaughn. I want to. She should know of some. I know. Yeah, Yeah. right. She should know. Say, I'll talk to her. So yeah, we'll see. I'm doing this riding thing. I signed up, registered for Century in October. Which one? So it's. So you did it last year because I saw your pictures. I'm doing it this year too. Are you doing it? Okay, yeah, yeah. well, I'll send you there. Because, hey, I remember seeing your pictures. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. We was here. I was like, had I known. Because it was a bunch of you all from Chicago. I would have lived, at least went to, like, to say, hey, y'all, and hung out, hang yeah. out. But I didn't. I don't know who I was going this year. I mean, I just signed up like, last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to do that. And, you know, I'm getting used to this whole cycling thing. But I, I don't really. I just want to do the century. And then I want to see the area. But I'm not really into racing on the bike. Because. There's a lot I have to learn on the bike. So, you know, <laughs> it's too much focus. It's, I mean, I enjoy doing it when I can just relax and look at the surroundings. But, you know, on the bike, you really have to be focused because you can crash. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can around certain people. But those rides are out in the middle of nowhere. So but mm-hmm. the challenging part of that ride is the wind because it's pretty flat. Yeah. Really windy. And I'm sure it's always windy okay. from what I heard. Yeah, that's what I heard. So we'll see. So yeah, so so those are my bucket list items. Okay. In season five, we will continue the segment as the dog. If you have any questions related to musculoskeletal health, please email me. Send me a message via social media, or click on my website and leave an audio message. Select messages will be answered on the segment so you sustained an ankle fracture was about a year ago 
Can you tell me about that? Yeah, it was last year. It was June 5th last year. And I, you know, I had moved here and the end of May, I was going to meet one of my, uh, a friend to get a, we were going to do a bike ride. Cause I was like, you know, I'm in the area now. So it was like, okay, we're going to do a bike ride. So I, I was going to do a run. I said, I'm going to do my long run first and then ride afterwards. So she was running late on meeting me. So I was like, well, I'll just keep running until she get here. And I was like 200 yards from my car. I don't know. I stepped on something. I was going downhill, stepped on something, ankle twisted, ankle went kind of up underneath my body. Next thing I know, I fell and rolled and tumbled and um, ended up going to the hospital the next day because I was like, well, because I like kind of hopped to my car. Um, I was like, well, we'll see if it doesn't, swelling doesn't go down, then I'll go to the hospital because I didn't think it was broke. Well, I guess in my mind, I was telling myself this cannot happen to me. So, but I ended up going to the doctor. He's like, yep, you broke it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm 50 something years old, breaking bones. Ah, so yeah, that was. Um, Did you have that surgery? No, she said it was a clean okay. break. Thank goodness. It was a clean break. So I just, I had to wear a boot and I was on crutches for three months and then it healed by, I was, you know, able to start running again by October. Okay. So June, October. So how was the recovery rehab and getting back to just doing normal things and then racing? Yeah. I didn't do any races last year. Cause like I said, I didn't get started back until October. I don't think I did any races last year. No, I did. I only did, I did a 10 K. Mm-hmm. I think that was the long, I did a 5 K and a 10 K. So it just, it just kind of made me paranoid and, you know, I would do a little rehab exercises, but it's just, I was paranoid. Did you want to injure yourself again? Yeah. So I'm constantly looking down at the ground. So I, to make sure I'm not stepping on something. Cause I think it was like just a little branch or something I stepped on, but, um, it wasn't, I mean, I was able to get back, but I mean, I gained weight, which kind of sucked. So, and I'm still trying to, still trying to lose that weight because I couldn't do anything. I tried to do some strength training, but that's even hard to do unless I'm sitting down because then I will have to put weight on my balance yourself. And I was like, well, no. So yeah, just um, getting back. Like I said, I started walking. And then once I was able to get up to a couple of miles walking, then I started doing slow jogs and then I started cycling, kept it wrapped for a while. And then um, this year I was like, okay, I don't have any problems. And, you know, I still do my strength training, but um, a lot of people stop and you need all of that. When you run doing triathlons, I realize that I guess I get the most injuries related to running. It's just hard on your body. Right. Mm hmm. So. That's true. But yeah, I'm going through the rehab now. I'm like, I just want to walk without a limp. That's my goal right now. Because, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking about it. Even though I'm signing up for stuff the next year and this year, I'm like, I don't know. It's humbling experience. It is. And then even like with, you know, my shoes. I was like, I had just bought some really cute heels, you know, last year. And I was like, I can't even wear my heels. And then even a wedge, a small wedge, you know, like a one, two inch wedge. I was like, I that, you know, would make my ankle sore. I'm like, I have got to get back in my shoes because I'm not getting rid of this. That's a lot of money. Yeah, no. That's in my closet. So, yeah, just and having to wear tennis shoes with everything. You try and go out and try and be cute. I'm like, I can't even be cute because. <laughs> Poor. So it's like my feet hurt if I wear like just mm-hmm. plain flat. 
Right. Yeah. I didn't, I couldn't wear any of my like just flat sandals. Everything had to have just, just a little heel. So yeah, it, it is very humbling and just something you just to not be able to walk and just very humbling. And it's just, it's kind of scary at the same time. So then it makes you think like, well, let me start to really taking care of myself. Cause I don't want everyone to be in a position where, you know, I'm wheelchair bound when, it, especially if it's something that I could prevent. Yeah, I know it's and it's because the world is really not meant for people with disability. I mean, it's better now than what it used to be. But you realize that, I mean, even when they have handicap parking, I'm like, some places I go, I'm like, why is it far away? I'm like, this spot right in front of the door should be the handicap, not that one way over there in the mm-hmm. corner. I'm like, <laughs> right. And then the parking lot. That was yeah, that was the, especially when I was on crutches because you know I'm single, I live by myself. And, you know, when I would have to go to the store, I'm like, oh, trying to carry something and then walk with crutches. And then, you know, I finally, the guy was like, get here. Let me give you the little, you know, the little automated cart thing. And then I had to learn how to use that because I was like bumping into everything. (laughs) I backed up one day into the wall. Like, did I break something? (laughs) I was like, okay, let me get. Right. And then it was like, and he's, I was like, okay, can I take this to my car? He said, well, you know, we're really not supposed to, you're not supposed to leave the store with it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, now how? So he was nice to like help me carry my, but you know, but you don't get that every no, time. So, I went to Whole Foods and they wanted my ID. I'm like, do people steal the carts? I'm just like, why y'all need my ID? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like yeah you, it, it really opens your eyes to how we think well all these handicapped parking spots and you know it's, it's not that many handicapped people but that really isn't enough when you really have a disability involving like a walking or something because it's just some things I just couldn't do when I first I was staying with my aunt when I first broke my ankle and she has three levels and the bedroom is on the top level and so I was like, and the kitchen is on medium level. And then or the basement is where I would work. Mm-hmm. So you had to get up and jump down the stairs. On crutches. Right. Now I was just, I was terrified. Cause I was like, if I fall, cause they were steep stairs. I said, if I fall, this is not going to be good. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just sleep in the basement. But then I was like, but the food is up stairs. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, it's so much. It's just, it's a lot. And then you have to balance, you know, you're trying to carry stuff mm-hmm. and I had to go to work. I had to start work. We had been remote. I started my job that Monday. I broke my ankle on a Saturday. That Monday was supposed to be, was my first day back to work. And they was like, well, you can't go anywhere. I was like, I'm starting a new job. This is my first day back in the office. So they're expecting me to be there. So I have to go. Was it your right so, or left leg? Did you try to drive or? Luckily, it was my left. Thank goodness. It was yeah. If it was my right, yeah, I would have. I don't know. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have made it. I have a <laughs> she broke her a right ankle, but she was driving. She learned how to drive with her left ankle. <laughs> Cause she was like, I gotta go here and I gotta go there. Cause it's like her and her son, and she has a little help. But I'm like, girl, be careful. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hard thank goodness it was my left because yeah and like my aunt where she lived I was like an hour and 20 minutes from the job so that was a heck of a commute so I I wouldn't have I, I would have just had to tell them I couldn't I wouldn't have trusted myself to drive that long using the opposite foot no that 
in in DC and Virginia traffic? No, they already drive crazy as it is. So, <laughs> so part of my podcast is to feature guests who've overcome obstacles to make it to their finish line. I guess we talked about one just now, but can you tell mm-hmm. me about an obstacle that you had to overcome, whether it be running, triathlon, or just related to life? Oh, shoot. I have a lot of obstacles, but <laughs> let me think. I guess like, well, with the broken ankle, just trying to balance everything. I think that's the biggest obstacle, especially when it comes to triathlon, just trying to get it all in. It is hard. Um, and then, and then, you know, work and then have a life. And then, you know, I was a parent. My, I was a mother. I'm still a mother, but, my, you know, my son, he was in high school. So I was, you know, a mother all the time. And then I had, well, I actually ended up going back to school. I started back in 2018. And so then I was balancing that. So it's just, it's a balancing act, but I love doing it. I keep asking myself, why do I put myself through all of this? But I love doing it and it's relaxing. It's my way it's to release. relief, even though sometimes it's stressful trying to get it all in. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 When you're doing it, it's, it's, it's releasing the stress. So I guess that was the thing. I mean, I don't any, I haven't had any other major injuries other than plantar fasciitis. And I would just, honestly, I would just run through that. But yeah, I haven't had any other major injuries or anything race related, but just obstacles in life. Just, you know, like I said, the balancing act, um, just trying to do it all, train, and have a life mm-hmm. that's always been prioritized you know things activities especially when you know you have a race but you know it's an event the night before and you're like man I want to go to that a concert or whatever mm-hmm. just I did have something happened a couple what was it I, I was just stressed out a couple of last month I had a triathlon it was just a sprint and I was stressed out because the triathlon was on Saturday in Virginia. So I drove, I was staying with my aunt because it was in her hometown. So I drove to her house and I can't remember something had really stressed me out. And I was like, man, you know, I just want a glass of wine <laughs> and just, or two. But then I was like, I have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to be at this triathlon by five thirty, And I have to swim. It's not like running, you know, I need to be alert mm-hmm. and have all my faculties together. So I was like, I can't have this class. I'm gonna have to wait yeah, after the race. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's you know that's kind of the the suck part of it. You just have to sacrifice some things when it comes to training. So, but yeah, I can't think of any major obstacles right now okay. when it comes to winning some races. So you're a, you're a podcast host as well. Tell me about your podcast. Um, well, it's Lakeisha. It, we, she goes by Keisha, who's also a runner. We do it together. We co-host it together. And it's funny because, you know, we would run together during the week and on the weekends. And then during, what year was this? Because um, we started in 2019. Yeah. So every time we would run together, we would just talk and run and talk and run and talk. Everybody else, you know, they just gone. And me and her, we just trotting along and having our conversation. And um we were talking about something in the news because what 45 was the president at the time and 
you know, so we were always talking about politics and we were talking about something. I can't remember something. And then whatever we were talking about, I ended up seeing a news article on it. And I, I posted on a page. I was like, we were just talking about this today. She's like, I know. She's like, we should do a podcast because we're always talking about stuff. And I was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> and so, so we just started it and, you know, talking about just different things. Of course, same with you. We talk about running and stuff, but we were always talking about politics. And so that was like, you know, and just life issues. And then, you know, she's a mother and, you know, stuff going on with her daughter and, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Talk about hair and trying to find the right products and then stuff to deal with as women. At one point we were talking about vitamins and probiotics and all of that. And so, well, actually we were like, we would record while we were running because so that's how it started. So that lasted for a few episodes because then the pandemic happened. Okay. And then, you know, all of us, we all stopped. You started before. I thought this was like a pandemic project. (laughs) That's what happened with that. Oh yeah. It was like, (laughs) it was right before it was, it was 2019. So it was like, I think fall, 2019 and so we only were we got a few episodes in and then the pandemic happened yeah and then all of us we all were too scared to run together so we stopped so then we started actually recording it and then I moved so but yeah that's how it got started so yeah we 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 still do it talk about all kinds of stuff just anything workout related running tries relationships you know just everything because our first episode was we called love on a run well no that was actually our second episode the first episode which was funny was because I was still in school working on getting my master's so um, I had already had I had a project due so I was interviewing people about communication and how they communicate eating habits with their families Mm -hmm. and people their friends and stuff so I was like, well, shoot, we could talk about this and I can actually play some of the interviews. I already had it, you know, I already had them recorded. And so that was our first episode. Then we did Love on the Run where we talked to couples who run and how that worked. Same thing with you. We just find different topics, you know, just things that interest us. Okay. So if present day Sabrina could go back and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give yourself? Ooh, I need a list. <laughs> some pen and paper. <laughs> I would tell myself, watch what you eat, because that is very important. <laughs> she kind of, kind of, you know, think about that when you're young. Develop good eating habits early, and to always be aware and live a healthy lifestyle. Um, be more confident, value yourself more, and be more positive, or well, have more positive self talk. Because you know how sometimes you kind of yeah talk to yourself. Like, you know, kind of way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Because I was pretty bad with that. So my confidence w- was always low. And just uplift myself. I would tell myself how great I was and how beautiful mm-hmm. I was and how strong I was. And just because even like doing the stuff I've done, I didn't really feel good about myself. It was just things that I always w- I wanted to do and I did it. But I still had self-esteem issues and self-worth issues i can relate Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. i would just i would uplift myself and i would tell myself and also to manage money better (laughs) yeah 
Any last minute words of advice for my listeners? Shoot, just like what I said, what I would tell myself, I would just tell anyone, get to know yourself. I think that's a big thing now. Like, you know, the emotional intelligence. I just went through a training on my job with that. And that's like, you hear that term, but it it's important because um, there's so much going on in the world. And I think a lot of people, a lot of us, we're so focused on looking outward. We don't look inward. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're the problem. And we don't see that. Um, so I think when you, if you get to know yourself, you'll be a lot more successful, more powerful, stronger person. And then you'll, you'll be, it's, it's, I guess there's a sense of freedom that comes with that. So I would just say, uh, be more self-aware in knowing yourself and what you're capable of and what your own boundaries are to propel in life. Okay. Sounds good. Where can people find you, your podcast? Well, I'm on Facebook as myself, Sabrina Slocum. I'm on Instagram. I'm like incognito on Instagram. My Actually, my Instagram name is Live Love Laugh 6998. And our podcast is Soul Sisters on the Run. And it's on Spotify, Apple, just anywhere you can get your podcast. You listen to podcasts, but it's Soul Sisters on the Run. And then our same thing, that's our Instagram and Facebook page is Soul Sisters on the Run as well. I'm going to check you out. Well, thank you for joining me today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. That wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, OLB, Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's Running is Cheaper Than Therapy, Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. OUI Life, OUI Love. Thank you, and please tune in again.